You're listening to the M2 podcast featuring one of our speakers from the M2 Summit, 3rd of November 2020, brought to you by Yukiwi Natural Oral Care, Woodford Reserve, and Lease Plan. Okay, so one of those words, I was talking about the buzzwords at the beginning of the, of the day, one of those words, one of those words that was mentioned a lot was collaboration. Um, but during the first week of lockdown, all I wanted to do was hide under my duvet and draw plans for a fallout shelter with extra toilet paper storage. But some more productive people that I know weren't prepared to sit by and watch their businesses go down the toilet. They got busy, they got active, they got together, they collaborated. Please welcome... Peter Padhi, India Beckman Flay, Stanley Henry, and Christian Harper, aka the Nisian Network. Actually, um, one mic. Oh, you've got it. <laughs> All right. Okay, now I'm. I am a little bit cynical about collaboration, I have to say, and it might be because I'm not really a people person or I'm an introvert, but, but, but what's your advice for breaking free of, you know, as I say, like me hiding under a duvet and going out and connecting together and getting some collaboration happening? Can you give us, give us something? Uh, yeah, look, for us, um, I think for me anyway, and speaking for everyone, uh, it was about... Uh, we were young businesses who couldn't sit by and watch everything we'd worked on fall apart. And so to collaborate was really our only way to survive. Um, if, you know, we had all just recently started our businesses within the last six months. And it was just about, like, we've talked about tool poppy and all these sorts of things that Kiwis have about not wanting to ask for stuff, you know, talked about asking for money. But collaboration is about just talking to people. It's just about having conversations and seeing where things go. Mm. And the more of those that you have, um, the more opportunities present themselves. But a lot of Kiwis and, and, uh, yeah, that we talk to, and, and especially in the Māori and Pacifica uh, community, we don't have those conversations. We're too scared to ask. We're too scared to put ourselves out there and say, hey, do you want to have a conversation? Mm. Do you want to chat? Is there something we can collaborate on? If not, tell me there isn't and I'll go somewhere else, you know, but we're all too scared to do that. So uh, my advice on it is just just get over yourself. <laughs> like, just have a conversation. It's, it's free. Yeah. Um, it's really cool, actually. You meet some amazing people when you do it. Um, and to be honest, we're on lockdown, so what else were you going to do, you know? Mm. You had your stacks of toilet paper, just get over it and have a conversation. And this, it might be me, it might be because I've got the cynical kind of thing, um, but is there a point where you can just talk too much and not actually do anything? Like, how do you, as part of the collaboration, how do you find that balance, you know? It's definitely um, Stan is the stop to that uh, conversation in that way, just because uh, we can blabber a lot, and I think that's something we're quite good at, at as a Māori Pacifica. We love the the concept of whanaungatanga, uh, which is us um, relating, connecting. It's definitely intrinsic to who we are, and I think um, we can get a little carried away with that. So when we do catch up and we do all the, you know... Um, you know, how's it going, how's the family and all that kind of jazz, uh, there also has to be like the, you know, the work, the Nisian net work hat and that's normally Stan, so 
<laughs> yeah, I think it comes back to the same point that you have to ask to do some work together. Mm. And I think that, you know, people take it one step and they'll have that conversation and that's great and cool, have some more conversations. But then, you know, like we were saying before, um, the speaker earlier is ask for the business, ask mm. for something. You know, after, you know, you've got to have your chat, you've got to do that because that's how Kiwis do business. We get to know each other as relationship-based business. But then ask, is there something we can do together? And if so, what are the actionable steps we're going to take out of this? Yeah. And I think that's, as four of us, that's what we did. We made sure that after every time we talked, there was something we went on and did. Well, should we just do a one-by-one kind of personal context? Like how, you know, from, from th- things with lockdown, business, and how the collaboration helped you? Do you want to start? Yeah, so for me, I just moved up to Whangarei um, pre-lockdown. So me and my little family were at home, and actually it was quite interesting moving from Tamaki to Whangarei because I was like, it kind of seems quite strange or backwards moving out of the place where I thought, you know, I've just started up a business and now I'm relocating my virtual business. Um, but actually, obviously, COVID worked really well for me because everyone got to learn how to use Zoom. And uh, that's exactly the, where everyone needed to be for to access my services. So um, that was awesome. But in saying that, um, you know, we kind of knew each other, you know, a little bit pre-COVID. It actually was us coming together and saying, hey, let's, um, you know, do something a little bit more together, actually invest in this relationship and us four and realising, man, we need to expand this a lot more. So, you know, for me, it was an opportunity to see what other Māori and Pacifica businesses out there are doing cool things mm. and how can I contribute to that um, and how can we support each other in that, in that um, time. So. Cool. Yeah, for me, um, it was all about uh, creating a safe environment for our Pacifica and Māori businesses to be able to safely come in and, and have a conversation with uh, like-minded individuals and like-minded businesses. That's primarily the reasons why we set it up. Um, like, you know, meeting these guys, I met uh, Stan last year in October, um, India, and also Christian earlier this year. So uh, I, I think uh, it's, you know, it's, it's called whakama, so which virtually means shy um, yeah. in Māori, um, and a lot of businesses are like that. But it, like I said, we, we needed to make sure that we created an environment so uh, for these businesses to come on board and obviously share and, 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 and also explain to, to us in regards to what kind of um, challenges that they were facing, especially during COVID, because mm. Zoom was pretty much our only way of actually connecting. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, for me, I was recently back to New Zealand as well. I, I moved back in October. I'd been gone for 12 years and... So for me, it was about, you know, I had started this new business. I needed to create a community around me anyway. I knew that that's something I needed, whether or not it was COVID or not. Um, so it was good to be able to create one um, uh, with these guys and saying that was meaningful. But I think um, what I got a lot out of it was getting to put a, a group of people together on Zoom and we, like, we just forced them to do stuff that they just would never have done otherwise. And encouraged them to. Encouraged, yep, sorry, <laughs> encouraged. Um, but, you know, like, we were throwing people into breakout rooms with random strangers that they'd mm. never met, and we told them they had to pitch. They had 60 seconds, they had to pitch, they had to tell them why they should be talking to each other more. And that, that was really good. We also got speakers, like, some amazing people um, come and speak uh, that we just asked, so we just you know, messaging people um, that we never thought would ever come and talk at our, our events, um, and they all did, and so that was really cool. But then for me, what it did for me uh, was it gave me, one, the confidence that going out and asking 
actually can work. Um, and two, it gave me practice in doing my own pitch, you know? And like, that's something that's really hard for Kiwis and a lot of people actually in the world is to be able to promote yourself and when you're the product in your new business, hmm. to be able to look at people and say, hey, I'm worth spending money on. And so that was, that's one of the huge bits I got out of it because every week I had to do it to all these random strangers. Hmm. I'll take a wee bit of, st- bit of a step back because we started talking about this probably about uh, six months before lockdown. And we did a bit of a whiteboard session and we made sure that, uh, you know, before we started the Nisian network that we drive from value. So it wasn't about making money because we know as a result of being a founder and if we create it from value, then we'll, we'll, we'll make money through the opportunities that we create. And, um, you know, once the lockdown kicked in, we were talking about should we just wait to the end of lockdown and then... You know, that week one, Stanley gives us a call on Monday and he says, let's, <laughs> let's do this. So by Wednesday, we had the first, um, you know, our first um, Zoom, Zoom hui. We had three great speakers. And it really, um, I guess for myself and I know for, for the guys here, it really forced us to get out, get out of our skin, get out of our own heads. And the fact that we're trying to create value for others really um, forced us to learn and, and put ourselves out there. And, you know, there's three reasons why we created this. Number one was to connect, but actually encourage collaboration. Uh, secondly was to create new business opportunities. And, you know, within about three to four months around, uh, come to the end of COVID, we had about a quarter of a million dollars of proposals and opportunities that were, that were talked about with the network. And um, finally, there's been a real theme here tonight as well, oh, sorry, today, there's been a real theme theme about um, the tall poppy syndrome. So our final pillar was to celebrate success. Māori and Pacifica don't like celebrating success. And we're like, stuff that, man. You know, like, we want to create a space, create a network where um, we, can, we can smash that ceiling. You know, going into lockdown, personally, me for me, was hard because I knew I was going to lose my corporate role at the end of that. But it kept me uh, really focused all the way through um, and, and what we were creating. And coming out of um, COVID, I think all of us have learnt a lot and we've grown our own businesses, you know, quite substantially. And cool things like this have happened, you know, we'd nev- we would have never have dreamed that, you know, something like this could happen. That's a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell you we were going to put a bit of pressure on you today, so. <laughs> talk, about the, talk about the tall poppy thing, though. I mean, are you seeing, are you seeing a shift? Are you seeing a shift within your network? Yeah, I think so, because we, we're creating a space where let's talk about it. You know, there's been a, a couple of uh, things that we've done around the content that we've created around some of the events that we've had, and one of them was our relationship with money, talking about asking for the sale and asking for money, because we don't do that. Hmm. The other one was around mental health. You know, we want to talk about stuff that people generally shy away from, especially Māori and Pacifica. Hmm. So, um, you know, we're seeing people within our network that are starting to do some great things and, you know, we're talking about some, you know, let's dream big, you know, Suray Avery said earlier, you know, do something remarkable and we're like, fuck it, man, let's, let's do this big, let's create something that, um, you know, what, what, have, what have we got to lose? And when we first started it, sorry, sorry, Peter, when I, we first started I love started that man. I love that man. I want to be like him when I grow up. <laughs> I, I would not let him babysit your children, though. <laughs> <laughs> like... Let his daughter carry yeah. a chainsaw around. Yeah. But we're not, we're not going to do it just in Auckland. We're like, let's do, this, let's do this globally. So we had people from Australia, from Dubai, from LA and of course, because we, we thought if we're going to do this, then let's do that globally. What is the, what's the vision? 
do you think, for the next 10 years for, for the network? Growth, massively. Um, growth not only here in, in Aotearoa, but uh, globally as well. Um, we put together a, a plan and, and systems in place that we were going to reach out to a number of businesses, especially in obviously Australia, and we were going to start in the Pacific area and then reach out to our contacts, UK, Europe, and so forth in the US. Mm-hmm. So definitely, um, that's, that's one of our goals. Yeah, it's, it's really about creating a, a system in the business that's, or in the, in the network itself that it can run itself, that we can give it back to the people that we built it for and that it doesn't need us to sustain it. And mm-hmm. if, if we can get to that point where it grows on its own, then, then we've done our job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that would be our vision, I think. It's cool. Now, you, you're talking about, uh, again, with Māori and Pacific Island, um, you know, the, the trouble with celebrating success. Is there another side to that? Is there, like, a superpower that comes from a different cultural perspective that, uh, you know, that you might find within business? You mean a superpower that Māori and Pacifica people have? Yeah, and whether it's even, like, a, you know, a different, a different kind of concept in terms of appreciation of time, mm-hmm. uh, ancestors, is there something that you can leverage? I, I believe so, definitely. I think, you know, being Māori is my superpower. I, the, the values that we have, I incorporate that into, into my business. And a theme that come out of a lot of our, our Zoom hui's is we had a couple of our great speakers that were saying that this is my, uh, you know, my Māori values, uh, how I drive my business. Um, I've, I think our value, you know, we're very values-driven, and that's the way that I run my business. I know... That's the way these guys do as well. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think it, you know you see it with trends today with businesses around sustainability and mm. and, and and everything that we've talked about today and everything that's all the buzzwords. Um, that Māori and Pacifica culture it, it has that inherently built into it, like sustainability and um, you know standing on the shoulders of the giants as we had up here before of our ancestors and 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 all of that stuff is, is just inherently built into our cultures. So I think being able to celebrate that and bring that forward mm. in our businesses and understanding that running our businesses that way, that, that's okay. And that, that's actually the trend of where a lot of businesses around the world are moving anyway. So, um, yeah, I think we've got you know a, a good, strong culture of that already built. It's just about being okay with bringing it forward. Mm. From your perspective? Yeah, I 100% believe that, um, you know, and part of our Indigenous knowledge, there is so much, um, you know, value, but, you know, through tikanga, through a lot of, um, you know, our our tupuna, our ancestors' knowledge that they hold that we can actually grasp and enhance and actually utilise in today's society, I don't even think we've scratched the surface of it. Mm. And so a lot of, you know, my research and, and my postgrad studies have been around how that is actually a sustainable advantage that we can implement into business as well. And so I'm very interested in that um, and how we can, um, you know, sensitively as well use um, our culture in the way that honours our ancestors and not exploits our, mm. you know, our values that we have for commercial gain as well. So there's definitely ways you can do that, and I think we're still all learning what that looks like. Um, but that's very exciting for me because I think that could actually shape a lot of how the world views, um, you know, how we potentially 
you know, act in business and, and a lot of that comes back to the sustainability side of things, not just, you know, financially, but, you know, the environment, how do we interact with it and how do we look at, I mean, you're looking at Māori strategic plans for iwi mm. 100 years, yeah. 500 years, like, you know, and I'm in business in my 14 months and I'm going, I'm scared to look at five years, like, you know, who knows, but... So where does that even that concept come from? You know, mm. five hundred year strategic plan flip. You know, so much changes in a year. So, you know, there's so much there that we can grab. I think so. Yeah, it's quite exciting. Anything else on anything on that, Peter? Um, I just want to express to you that, and I work in media, right? So, um, myself and and Duncan work in the same industry, um, and I really loved his cordial in regards to. Um, his journey and so forth, and his hiding it. But for me personally, um, majority of my client base is, is Māori organisations and iwi, iwi um, organisations as well. And there's huge amounts of money in regards to the iwi dollar. Mm. Um, they just need somewhere or someone to come up, come ahead, come on board, and obviously have their conversation with them. Um, it's just trying to bridge that gap between iwi and and a Pākehā business organisation, and obviously be able to collaborate with each other. Yeah. Um, and that's what I do. And, and that's primarily the reasons why I deal primarily with iwi and also Māori organisations. But, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with, with the rest of our, um, my squad here. Um, tūpuna is, is hugely uh, advantageous for us, especially being a Māori, uh, especially in this industry. Um, and media being uh, always um, evolving on a regular basis. Um, and me being on this side now, understanding the, the processes that go on with working for an organisation, so the organisation I worked for previously to my, my new role um, studying my own business was Māori Television, so I, I got to understand the, the logistics side and the politics along working for an organisation like that, um, mm. but then obviously putting that into, into place, into play in regards to what I do now is, is very, um, is, has been a, a, a great uh, leveller for me. When you're talking about the, the sort of the gap between Māori and Pākehā businesses, is there, is there some tension there between, um, you know, potentially Pākehā businesses wanting to leverage some of those cultural aspects that give us this unique kind of thing in, in New Zealand and this part of the world, particularly now, but you've, you've, got, the, you've got situations where there is, um, you know, maybe some appropriation. Like how, what, are the, what are the things that businesses need to think about, Pākehā businesses need to think about in that respect? I'd like to say, you know, in regards to this, because um, I've been on this journey. I mean, I grew up in Australia, and so I never really knew my uh, whakapapa, my history. So I went on this beautiful journey to learn a lot more about that, and it's helped me to um, find out my identity and understand and learn not only on my Māori side, but also my Pākehā side. And, um, you know, that sort of uh, has been quite exciting and has brought me to, to have more confidence to do what I do today. Um, but aside from that... Uh, it's interesting you say that there's a lot of sort of um, complexities around the potential cultural appropriation that does happen today and it does happen very often. I think the biggest struggle we have in that space is actually that um, not getting the, um, you know, it's the collaboration piece that potentially is missing. Mm. So, you know, we love, we want to embrace Māori culture. Have you got someone who you've brought in to be able to help you have the right support in, or, in order to carry out that thing that you wanted to? Um, but also, not just any Māori. Um, there's lots out there, but um, 
you know, the right person too because there's a lot when it comes to when you bring a Māori into your organisation, you're bringing their tūpuna, their ancestors. Are they the right ancestors to be talking on that particular subject or on that particular topic as well? And so there's a lot of considerations around that, I think. Um, but, and you can see the complexities around that as well. Mm. So Definitely through other networks I've been involved with over the years, I think there is an opportunity there. And I was part of New Zealand Leaders a long time ago, and I talk about being part of Whareke, the Māori Business Network. And there's a lot of businesses that always say, like, we want to engage with Māori, we just don't really know how to. Mm. So I, th- I think there's definitely uh, companies that are wanting to engage with Māori, but they don't really know how to. And um, I went to a, a meeting with, actually with Tainui um, last year, and um, that's when I was consulting, and I, I went in with this um, company, and then one of the guys that we had with us was Irish, and I actually didn't tell him what the protocol was, and... When we went up to do a hongi, he went up and he actually headbutted the guy. And <laughs> being an Irishman, he goes, I fucking just didn't know what to do. And nobody was going in. And <laughs> and, but I just didn't think of that because it just becomes sort of, you know, quite natural for us when we've been dealing with Māori. And I also had a mentor of mine who's been in corporate for about 40 years. And he said to me, if I ever went to like a mud iron, he goes, I absolutely shit myself. I just don't mm. know what to do. So I think there is, there is an opportunity there. I think it's just, you know... Try, trying to sort of you know bridge that gap, yeah, and no headbutts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, as like I'm I'm not Maori, I'm Cook Islander, and for me, um, moving back to New Zealand as well. Like when I left 12 years ago, um, one of the stark contrasts I saw was how much more prevalent Tereo was in mm. in New Zealand, how much more. Um, you know, the Māori culture had advanced through New Zealand and even though I know there's a lot of struggle still and there's a lot that still needs to be done, it was, it was quite stark, like, what I'd seen coming back. But for me, it, it still comes back to that first thing I said um, when we got up here. It's just about asking the, the right questions and, and talking to the right people. It's just starting those conversations. And I think that don't be scared. If your business isn't Māori or you want to try and embrace some Māori culture or, or whatever that is, have, start having those conversations with the right people. And, and like Indy said, it is very complex. There is a lot going on there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't get my head around it talking to these guys. Like, I still get lost in it. Um, there's so many complexities. But just have those conversations, you know. And, and, and I do that a lot with these guys. And, and, and Peter helped me um, put together my pepeha and, and, and figure that out for myself to understand, like, mm-hmm. and get a grasp that culture. But, you know, that was quite vulnerable for me to be able to do that. You know, like, I... Like even thinking about it now, like it was quite, it was quite hard for me to ask that question. But you have to just get over yourself. Like, I I, I thought that I knew where I was from. Like mm. I thought I knew when I hear what a pepeha was. I thought I knew. I, yeah, I know who my ancestors are. I know where I come from. I know where my dad's from. Um, but when you really dig into it, you you don't. Like you learn, you uncover so much about who you are and where you come from and, and what that means for you moving forward. And so you, you go in a real vulnerable place. And so I can imagine, <clears throat> you know, if you're a Pakia, that's even more, you're even more scared than what I, what I was as a Cook Islander. So just try and start those conversations, you know, find people you can talk to, you know, get, get vulnerable, be okay with it. If you, if you come from a place of good intention, you will only get um, good responses back and, and people like Peter uh, will help you, you know, find your way and, and, and learn what you can. So I just want to pull on that vulnerable thread for a little bit. But what actually, what was that shift for you? Like, what, what was it that learning more about your past? Yeah, look, it, it was pretty, it's pretty hard to sort of articulate. And I have sort of thought about it for a while. I think one thing 
that made me one thing that it really highlighted was my uh, my tattoo right so you know I, I i did a little post series on on socials about my tattoo and when i first got it when i was my first piece of it when i was 19 i got it because you know i wanted to be cool i was that half caste kid who wanted to have a tattoo i was white and you know i was, didn't know where i fit in and i wanted to look cool for the girls right and so i got tattoo done and as time went on, that tattoo built out, and then when I started to figure, uh, started to want to learn, you know, I, I didn't know what a pepeha was before I left, and so I decided to start learning that. And as I did, it started to bring up all these emotions of like, like why do I have this tattoo? Mm -hmm. What does it really mean? Like I, I sort of put meaning into it. I don't, I don't really have any, um, and then it, so it made me feel really stupid because I was like, oh, I've just got this permanent ink on me and I don't really have the meaning that I thought I did. Um, and then it started questioning me when I started talking to cousins and dad and different things who didn't know how to give me the answers to the PPR and I started to realize how little we all knew of where we came from. And then, I, and then that just made me feel really stupid. And I think that's where the vulnerability really came. I was like, how can I not know this? How can my family not know this? How can we not understand where we're from? Have we just forgotten all of that? Is it not that important? And yeah, so it's quite hard for me to articulate, but it's kind of all that. I think it was just the stupidity that I felt and that I felt vulnerable because I had to go and ask for help. And, mm. I, and I'm a pretty independent person. And so to have to say to Peter, hey, I, I have no idea who I am or where I'm from. Can you help me? Um, was a pretty hard thing to do. Brilliant. Now, I just want to touch Stands on... Stands a stoic one on the group. <laughs> stoic. Um, something you were saying, India, about, you know, some of this, like, really fundamental stuff in terms of the perspective on time. Like, when you bring in, say, 500 years of whakapapa understanding of your genealogy and you are thinking, like, 100 years, what does that, what does that mean for how you might set up a, a business? And can that... Can that intrinsic foundational stuff be, you know, can that be something that, that all businesses look at? Yeah, and see, I think for me I'm on the journey of discovering and learning a lot more about that because I don't think that's, there's not like a one-size-fits-all kind of answer in that way. And, you know, it's not to say that, um, you know, having a 100-year strategic plan is the right thing to do. I don't know. Um, well, if it is, I'm not doing it right. So <laughs> I think... With that uh, comes a lot of, you know, conversations around, you know, what are you doing with your business, bro? How are you doing that? Because a lot of the business growth that I've experienced this year has come from those conversations that I've had with these guys. And that, you know, even that vulnerability alone, you know, especially for Māori Pacifica with that, you know, typically we are that tall poppy syndrome um, because... We, we do like celebrating, don't get me wrong, we do celebrate a lot, but it's not necessarily our own personal celebrations unless it's a 21st or a wedding or whatnot. But, um, you know, we don't like talking about what we've done or, you know, or even if we have done something good, you know, we don't like to say it or um, we definitely do shy away from it. So I think um, going on the, you know, having a plan and setting up the business thing, it's just people getting over themselves and having that conversation. Um, and I'm finding, especially because I'm my business around bookkeeping, accounting, um, payroll, that sort of thing, I'm getting a lot more Māori Pacifica businesses going, I want to get the support, the right support, but can understand 
not just my business from mm. you know a financial perspective or whatnot, but also um, my values and why I might do things a little bit differently than potentially you know um, a business that doesn't come from a Maori Pacifica background. So um, you know we're having a lot more of those conversations and how they might you know, consider their vision and bring it into action um, in this context. Mm, that's really cool. I'm sorry about the jokes I made about accountants before, by the way. <laughs> I'm actually not an accountant, so that's right. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> now, in, in, the, um, in the vein of collaboration, normally what I'll do is would have Dominic Bowden, the professional MC, and he would help guide me through some of the takeaways for today. So... We'll collaborate. Can you guys think of um, any of the key points that, that you'd like to bring up now in, re- in that respect? Just go and ask. You know, just just get out of your shell. Go go meet someone. You know, when I walked, when I first walked in here earlier, I had a look on the board of the companies that I wanted to speak to. Hmm. Um, where I, I think there could be a collaboration, and I'll just go and after this, um, after we finish up here, I'll just go and talk to them and just see if there's any potential to help each other drive some new business opportunities. I think the thing is, is don't, don't, don't worry about it, just go and ask the question. I think sometimes we'll go to these networking things and you've got that pressure up because you feel like somebody's going to sell to you or like to push something on you. But I think we're all here to um, you know, grow our networks. We all want to collaborate. You know, we all want to learn. So I think you've just got to be open to it. But, but just don't be a dick about it as well. You know, like just, be, just you know, approach each other, be cool about it and just um, you know, you know, ask the question, how can I help you? Hmm. Can I actually can I do a little bit of 101 around that? So it's really simple. But for someone like me who is a total introvert, not a not a people person, but something like that is is kind of crazy talk. Like to just look at a table chart, go and pinpoint some people and go and talk to them. What is what's some advice around just going and doing that? I think going up and just um, so one of one of the ones that I saw when I come in here was I think it was um, Soft Source, and I'm thinking there could be a good collaboration in there. So. I think the managing director's name is Chris, so I'll go up. I'll go up afterwards, and I'll just say, "How can I help you? Just tell me about your business. You know, talk to, talk to me about what you do and some of the challenges that you have. Just just ask about them. That's hmm. the easiest way to, to to break down those walls. I think sometimes we, again, we have that pressure of like I've just got to pull my card out, and <laughs> but just just be engaging. You know, ask questions. All right, cool. Enough helping. And actually, and actually, care. You know, don't do it just to get try and. You know, okay, okay. Now I'm going to give my card. Yeah. So more, more on the takeaways. Like we, we can work on my issues later on. Um, yeah. Look, I'll just quickly give you a tip. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I'm fairly introverted too by nature, and for me, I knew I needed to network a lot when I when I first moved to New Zealand, and you know, I'd been gone for 12 years, so I, ne- I had no networks left. But for me, is understanding that like probably 99% of this room is as scared as I am to meet up to talk to someone new. You know, we all, like, everyone asks, how do you network better? How do you talk to people better? And, like, majority of this room probably feels the same way. Um, and if you walk up to anyone in this room and say, oh, hey, how are you? If anyone in this room turned around and said, piss off, <laughs> we would all probably tell that person to piss off. Yeah. So no one's going to do it, right? They're just not going to blow you off. And we've all come here for a common cause. So just, hmm. just understand that you're not the only one feeling that way. Um yeah, and then, uh, yeah, look, my, for me, it's the same as Kristen, is just um, ask people, like, 
talk to people. It's it's okay to want to do business with each other. It's okay to you know um, you know do some deals, talk about business, talk about all that sort of stuff. Like a lot of people shy away from those conversations. Like don't sell to me. It's like well. You want to sell to people, so let's all just talk. We don't have to be full-on sales shark, but we mm. can at least talk opportunity. And if there's nothing there, just say there's nothing there, but don't be a dick. Yeah. You know, just, just, just have a chat. Actually, on that, is there, is there, again, is there a New Zealand thing about you know, wanting to sell but not really wanting to be seen to be selling? Do we need to oh, get over yeah. that thing? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, we... Yeah. <laughs> How do I say this and not piss everyone off? Um, it's okay. Just do it. it's the, we're at the cocktail. So yeah. Anyway, it's all right. Look, it's, it's, in New Zealand, like, obviously, business is done purely about relationship. Like, it's a mate of a mate who does a deal. Um, and, like, what I try to say to people is just, well, do that then. If you're at a networking event, don't just go and sell, right? Like, that's never going to work in New Zealand, just going mm. and going, hey, you should buy my stuff. Just go on and be like, hey, how's your weekend? Mm. What are you up to? How was the event? Did you enjoy it? You know, every single one of us at the networking event after this can all ask each other, how did you enjoy the speakers? How did you enjoy um, the event today? Well, how was the lunch? You know, there's all these questions that we just had a shared experience today. Just have that conversation. That forms a relationship with each other. And then if there's an opportunity, business can be done. Cool. Cool. All right, Peter, more takeaways from today? Um, Iwi wants your money. Oh, they, they actually, sorry, they, they would like to actually spend their money with you. It's just a matter of obviously having that conversation with them and, and getting in front of them and making them trust you is basically where it's at. Um, they've got plenty of it. They just don't know where how to or where to um, distribute that, that kind of putia um, to businesses, especially parking businesses and organisations. Because um, I, I always constantly have that conversation with a number of my clients and they're, they're always trying to look into invest. So um, there's a lot of Māori and Pacific entrepreneurs coming through and they'd love some of that tech money that old uh, Rob, Rob Vickery over there's got. Uh, but in saying that... <laughs> yeah, 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 we will. Um, but in saying that, it's, 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 a, uh, it's, it's just an opportunity for just to get in front of them and, and have that conversation. I understand their culture too. That's a big thing. That's a big takeaway for me. Understand the culture. Um, do your research. I mean, you do your research anyway, especially when you're trying to apply for a, a position or, or a job somewhere. So do the same thing, especially with an iwi organisation and understand where their, where their spend is. Um, mm. And if that fits, then so be it. Brilliant. India? Yeah, I guess takeaway for me would be to, you know, what you think a person might have to offer might not necessarily, you know, you might look at them and go, oh, nah, that person's got nothing I can do with them. But you don't know, you haven't had the conversation yet. And that might not be a for now, but it might be down the track. And so, you know, people that I've met, whether through LinkedIn or, you know, in person, um, having that connection has been quite cool because down the track it's been like, oh, no, I just realised you work in um, medical tech. I never thought that would be an opportunity for me to want to have a conversation with you about, but now I've got an opportunity that's come up with one of my clients and I'd love to introduce you. So, you know, there's so many sort of, um, you know, having that conversation, you know, having a coffee, whatever it looks like now because we have the luxury to do that, um, I think is quite important. And the collaboration piece, so... Um, you know, especially bridging that gap a little bit more with Māori and Pacifica. Um, sorry, Māori Pacifica and, um, you know, corporates, commercial, that sort of thing. 
Um, you know, and I think for me, growing up in Australia, never knew who I was because everyone used to think, oh, you're the Kiwi girl. And when I came to New Zealand, you're the Aussie. So I always had this identity crisis. And so over time, when I did learn a lot more of, you know, who I am, where I'm from, that's helped me to um, sort of bridge that gap for myself. And now I can sort of support other people to bridge that gap and just say, hey, we're all, not all on that journey, all on the waka. So let's all paddle together. Um, and no question's a dumb question. You know, maybe it might not be the right person to ask if, if it did feel a little bit like, oh, maybe I was insensitive with that question. Um, there are Māori and Pacifica who do want to help to help you understand and, and I'm sure vice versa as well. So, absolutely. Cool. All right, now I wanna, go, I wanna go really broad. So today we've had uh, re like really diverse discussions and uh, we've had uh, Mark trying to play with wine, you know, we've had Silicon Valley. But when you when you look at New Zealand over the next ten years, where do you see where do you see the opportunities? Where are the green shoots of opportunities as the cliche which I've been using quite a bit? Don't need, need to all jump in at once. Um, I have been thinking about this a little bit. I mean we had a brief little conversation about this the other day. Um, that I think that New Zealand is, I think we need to take the geographical location out of the equation. Mm. I think that, you know, the future of New Zealand and its growth should be focused on things that don't need travel, um, don't need, that we can close that distance mm. um, between us and the rest of the world. So obviously the obvious answer is tech. Anything tech is, is, is good, that's going to help us. Um, I also think that there's an opportunity, I mean, I don't know if this is going to come out the right way, but uh, we talk about like the salaries in, in the US and tech companies and things like that and how high they are over there. But there are so many talented people here mm. that are getting paid a quarter or a third of the price of what they're getting paid there. Well, COVID, if it's done anything, has told us that we can work from home, which means if you can work from Avondale, then you can work from Hamilton, then you can work from US. So if I'm in LA, if I'm a company in San Francisco and I'm just looking for the best people, potentially those best people are here in New Zealand and potentially for them they're getting a third off what they're paying. So one, it's cost, but for the person in New Zealand they're getting paid double what they were getting paid. So that potentially there's, a, there's an opportunity for New Zealand to outsource its brains without having to leave the country. Um, cool. Yeah. Nice. I think the biggest opportunity for us over the next five to ten years is um, leadership within New Zealand. So leadership within a lot of our organisations uh, what I've seen through corporate over years is really shitty leadership. And I think if COVID's taught us anything, because, you know, coming out of that, man, you look after your people, your people will do everything for you. And I think we've got a lot of amazing people and cool, very cool companies here. We get some great leaders and really nurture, nurture our people, then our businesses, whatever industries are in, will thrive. What's your definition of bad leadership? Like just someone being a dick? Yeah, just... Just being human, just, you know, showing empathy, you know, really working on the dynamics of your team and the people around you, you know, looking after your teams. Because what tends to happen in, you know, a lot of corporates is that they have these these big bloody values and all this shit. And it's, hmm. most of the time, it's just, this is just a cool thing to have up there. But if you've got to go, and, and uh, you know, um, Ray said it, you know, earlier hmm. around what he does with his team. You know, you look after your people, your team will do amazing things. Hmm. That is the biggest, I believe that's the biggest opportunity because our, 
we're doing a lot of cool shit here, and our companies will grow a lot bigger if you get the right people, you look after them, and you, you give them the um, autonomy to be creative. That's cool. I think, I think the, the biggest thing for me over the COVID period, um, especially with Māori business, is the amount of Māori businesses that have actually been created over this particular pandemic. It's been huge. Like, uh, you've got Michelle Baker, um, who created um, Go Māori, Buy Māori, mm. um, and the huge amounts of businesses that's been created and also put on top, um, put in, in, into that platform. Um, that's, that's been the massive growth for us. And then I think that's primarily the reasons why we've kind of existed, if you know what I mean, um, because some of those businesses have actually come on board and joined our network. So it's just a matter of obviously sharing our matauranga, which is the, our knowledge um, of what we do. And a lot of them are very, very small to medium enterprises, but um, because of the fact that they've obviously lost their, their positions uh, and high-paying positions with some of the organisations that have actually gone under, I think it's created an opportunity for them to go, hey, this is what I need to do. I need to really assess where I'm at, um, unless I'm going to go on the benefit or anything like that, but I, I need to create something that's obviously going to be sustainable right now or in, in the near future. And I think that's, that's been the massive thing for me in regards to seeing that, that grow and that growth of Māori business um, across the country. It's brilliant. Last word to you. Um, yeah, I think for me, I'd like to see a lot more indigenous um, knowledge being utilised really well um, and, you know, taken to through business and, um, you know, supporting business growth as well. I think that's quite a unique thing that we could really develop here in New Zealand, especially, you know, Māori, um, you know, what are the, we are the most progressed indigenous culture, so how can we utilise that sort of, um, you know, uniqueness to be able to support other indigenous cultures and in other nations, I feel like, you know, a lot of, and, you know, this is this is my lens, but I feel like um, we could have a lot of impact on how long-term sustainability looks like and shapes mm. the world. Um, I mean, you know, you could even look at the likes of the moon um, cycles and how we used to fish and actually yeah. all, there's so much goodness there, but we haven't really sort of scraped the surface in that space and, um, you know, looking, looking at the environment, uh, that sort of thing. And um, also, the cool thing being the Nisian network is it's not just Māori, it is Pacifica, and actually leveraging each other, um, supporting each other, because, you know, for Māori, we're really good at um, working with just Māori, and for Pacifica, you know, potentially working with just Pacifica, and so we're like, you know... Pacifica are really good and doing really awesome in these spaces, and Māori are doing really cool in these spaces. Let's work together and actually leverage off each other as well and support each other, um, you know, in, in New Zealand and overseas as well. So I think that's a cool thing that I can see what we're achieving to help, mm. you know, the future in that space. This, this might be a little bit of a tangent, but um, I like tangents anyway. But, you, you know, when you're talking about some of that early knowledge, like understanding the moon cycles and navigating through uh, ocean currents and the stars, like that is, you know, that's science. Like that's yeah. science is in the DNA. Why is, it, why is it a hurdle now to get Māori and Pacific Island kids into STEM fields, do you think? I feel that's like... Um, oh, do you, did you want to say it's hard because, you, know, um, you, you know, you've got a generation that has been cut off from our Indigenous knowledge as well. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of my um, grandparents or, you know, aunties and uncles, my mum doesn't speak Māori. And so, you know, we've actually lost a lot of that knowledge. Um, but I actually think we are the key to unlocking each other's in Pacific Islands. And so um, I spent a bit of time in Hawaii last year. 
I lived literally like in the bush, like learnt so much about our ancestors who don't, not even New Zealand, our, you know, mm. Tuakana um, and Hawaii, and, and actually how that is the same in Rarotonga and all that. So it's quite cool um, to sort of see the scientific side of it, um, but actually how a lot of that I've been able to utilise that sort of helped to navigate my business as well. So, you know, hence the research, other things on that. Mm. So, That's cool. I think the, the generation that's coming through now, mm. um, they will be the ones that will take us forward, to be fair. Brilliant. Um, I, I have a 13-year-old son and a 20-year-old, and um, they, it's that generation now that's coming through that's obviously learning the culture, te reo Māori, mm. and implementing it into... Um, uh, some of the courses that they're currently taking and, and from a university perspective, right? And they're, they're implementing that into their life rather than tagging it on at the end. Yeah. Like when I was growing up, I, I didn't... I, I grew up in, in a te reo Māori uh, household with my grandmother Then she passed away at eight and then I lost it. Mm. And then I just... Obviously, it came back to me in my, um, in my 30s and then obviously I've just been constantly learning. But now you've got kids who are obviously um, uh, te reo... Uh, fluent te reo speakers uh, from the age of five mm. or already before they even hit um, school. So uh, I, I think that that's the generation that will actually take us forward, especially from a Māori perspective. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, uh, we do see it. We have seen it a lot. There is, there is that generation coming through. I think that there's obviously a... To really dig into it, there's a whole lot of stuff yeah. that happened. Um, we probably shouldn't start that conversation now, but um, that has caused that. But I think the, the solution, or one of the solutions anyway, from a community aspect is, is groups like ours. And there's, there's plenty in New Zealand. We're not the only group trying to do what we do. Um, but it's having role models. It's having people to look up to. It's celebrating those people's success so that it's a viable option to these kids coming through that, hey, I could have a career in that. And there's people in our network who are doing some crazy stuff and, like, just some of the things that they're creating and, and developing, like, blows my mind every time they tell us. And if kids can see these people that, hey, look, that guy looks like me, I, I can be like him if I want to, um, they may pick it up, you know. And I think just being able to have opportunities like this for people to be able to see uh, people in the Maori Pacifica space doing great stuff is, is what we need more of. So, yeah. yeah man, we had like a 23 year old um, over COVID who had, was it Ikebol? Mm. And uh, he, had, he had like about eight staff. He had three branches around Auckland City. Wow. And he was like, I don't know whether I'm going to have to fire all my, you know, get rid of all my staff and actually close the business or do this. And by the end of um, uh, COVID, like he'd actually pivoted. And I'm like, man, this dude's like, 23 makes me feel like I haven't done anything with my life. Mm. But it's cool seeing a lot of these young guys and girls coming through that are doing some really cool things, eh? Brilliant. Right. Well, on that note, we better get the networking underway because that is important. Thank you very much for your time. You're listening to the M2 podcast featuring one of our speakers from the M2 Summit, 3rd of November, 2020, brought to you by Yukiwi Natural Oral Care, Woodford Reserve and Lease Plan.